Well, hello everyone and good morning and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Elias Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started on this last day of 2023 with some music coming up from Brian Karn, Trouble Don't Last. We appreciate you being here today. Thanks so much. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's see. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, Bev, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Gaines and Delia, good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Salute. Good morning. Trouble Don't Last by Brian Kern. We appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for joining us. sure if there's one in there or not. Um, look down at the bottom of this past my other iPad and see if there's one in there. I think there's one in there. Anitra, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Should be something. There you go. Yep. Good morning, Sister Pearl. Good morning, Walter. <laughs> we really appreciate you making the effort to be here. Thank you so much. That's for everybody in this room, too. Amen. Sunday school. Thank you so much. This guy, this guy in the video here, he sound, he looks like he's in his thirties. He's got a voice that sounds like he's fifty something, sixty. It's one of those kind of voices.
We appreciate you being here. Thanks again. December 31st, 2023. This was a wild and crazy year. For sure. to my lovely bride as well too who is getting caught up saying hello to everybody <laughs> that's right that's right I assume the power pack work okay cool that's important <laughs> Blessings to everybody. Thank you so much. All right. All right. That is uh, Trouble Don't Last by Brian Karn. We appreciate you joining us for the musical interlude that we normally have in the morning and we are one step closer now to getting into Sunday school. We've got um, uh, a pretty busy church schedule today, um, and and that's to be expected on New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve just happened to fall on a Sunday this year, so we, we're grateful for that, that uh, tomorrow will be New Year's Day, and a new year, a new way of seeing things. And prayerfully, those of you who are considering getting into a... Um, Bible reading plan. Um, we have promoted it here at our church every year around this time of year. We have a two-year Bible reading plan that we have available for you to download from our website, akronalliance.org, where you can get into the two-year Bible plan and start reading afresh on January 1. Uh, if you go to our website, akronalliance.org, you would click on the links tab and then select two-year Bible reading plan. It's right there in front of you. And those are downloadable copies of uh, on Microsoft Word that you can use and, and save up in your computer and just follow the schedule. And typically what we do, just uh, for the sake of clarity too, we have year one and year two. And so we're going into an odd number year 2024. So if you want to start reading, start reading with year two, and then you can go back to year one and just do an even odd, even odd like that. That's one way you can do the plan. But you'll be able to read the entire Bible over a two-year period. And Psalms and Proverbs are actually you read through the entire Psalms and Proverbs. So you're just repeating that over and over every year. But it's a great way to get into, get into the totality of God's Word and and gain knowledge from it. And as we do when we promote our 15-minute devotional, we tell you that you can read the Bible and pray over it over a 15-minute period of time. 
if you follow our two-year Bible reading plan. And that's a good way to, for those of us who have pretty busy schedules, you can just carve out 15 minutes of your time, read the Bible, start praying and meditating over what you've read, and you're on your way. We fully expect that people, as they get more into the Word, will be reading more than 15 minutes a day, so we don't, we're not hung up on that at all. We just want you to get started reading. So that's the whole premise of what we promote here at our church. Um, it's worked very well for me personally. Um, it's just a good way to stay on top of things and stay focused on the Word uh, every single day of the week, uh, every day of the week, every day of the year. And so... Uh, if you haven't started a two-year Bible plan or any Bible plan, start with ours and start tomorrow. <laughs> go and download it and you'll have it and be ready to go. Today, Pastor Gus will be preaching the message in church and we invite those of you who are online here to stay in the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline for another Facebook Live session of our church service at uh, 11 o'clock today. If you want to hear a great message, stay with us. We'll be able to uh, give that to you and you'll be able to hear it wherever you are um, if you're not coming to church. And of course, we of course welcome those of you who are in Akron to come to church. Uh, we uh, indeed uh, have, there is a value in fellowship and something that I've, you know, I've heard people say over and over again about how I don't need to go to church, I can just watch on TV. Well, watching on TV is not the end-all be-all. Let's start with that. It's it's not complete. Um You'll hear a gospel message, you'll hear a truth uh, when you watch on TV, but people don't realize that those aren't complete messages. Those, aren't, those are carved out just for TV time, uh, and that's what they're for. You're supposed, you should be in a fellowship with other people to hear God's truth and also share. And we also have iron sharpens iron the other premise, too. We, you go over scriptures with other people. Uh, so being in church does have a value, so I want to emphasize that where you can go and if you can go to church by all means come to church and and do that for those of you who are older this is not meant to guilt trip you you uh, just stay connected with people as much as you can and and have fellowship where you can with other people and of course you can watch online at a, a complete church service which makes a uh, a lot more of a difference than it does just to watch a program on television a 30-minute program amen um Let's uh, also remember to please pray over your tithes and offerings. We encourage you to do that, and we, we do encourage worship through giving. If you are mailing your tithes or offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, please do so to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. Um, and for later today, I forgot to mention, I apologize, but... Um, at, here at church today, we will not be online with that, but we will be here for at 5 o'clock for a New Year's Eve service. So um, that's what I meant when I said we had a full day today. Um, church service, and then we'll break for a little while and come back at 5 o'clock and reflect upon uh, the year that you've just completed. And then we're going to reflect upon now uh, the year that's coming up. And for some of us in this room, we got a lot going on in 2024. I pretty much can assure that. I guarantee it. I don't, I don't have to be a prophet to say that. <laughs> I think it's, it's a given. Um, I know I'm going to be busy. I know that, uh, my bride is going to be busy doing some things and, and there are other people in this room I know who are going to be busy too. So, uh, that's just the way things have been lately when it comes to, uh, life in general. But, just take God with you wherever you go. 
keep him right on your hip. Uh, keep him right at the forefront. Lisa, good morning. We appreciate you being here. Uh, God bless you. And we're going to pray for Lisa to have energy too because I know she's got a busy year coming up too. So um, we appreciate you being here this morning. God is indeed wonderful. He has been very gracious. He has been the one who has kept us through a lot of adversity, a lot of difficulty. And we recognize that he allows some things in our life to teach us. I've learned a lot (laughs) because of what he's allowed in my life, but I've learned a great deal. And I think that that's true for all of us too. We have, we're, we never stop learning no matter how old we get. We never stop growing in Christ. We never stop growing. There's more that we can learn about Jesus and a relationship with him as we get more more and more in tune to what he's saying to us and what he's doing for us. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's true for my dad who is online right now, who is going to be 88 years old next month in about 10 days. So we just give praises for that too. Because he has indeed uh, been through a great deal, but he has uh, always been giving praise to the Lord for uh, where he is and what he's able to do today. And, and we, we, we say amen to that and ditto. We give praise as well too. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get into the word today. We are going to be in the last chapter of John, John chapter 21. We're going to cover verses 1 through 14, and we have one more lesson in John next week. Almost ended this on uh, at the end of the year, but we got one more session in John next week. But it's going to be John 21, verses 1 to 14. And we're going to be covering really just one particular uh, uh, section here. It's another appearance that Jesus is making with his disciples. Uh, and he's going to be appearing to seven disciples, not all 12 of them, but seven of them. And it's interesting that uh, in this appearance, there are some things. I want you to look at this particular passage and listen to what's being said. And we pray that the Spirit speaks to you as well, too. But there's something to be learned here for us about God, what God does. And notice that when God does things, when I specifically say Jesus does things, when he look at the miracles that he performed, he does them out of abundance. There's abundance even in his provision. Uh, and we'll be seeing that as we look at this. And I want you to see the lessons that we can take away from this. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Lord, we are just so thankful to be able to sit here now and listen to you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. Lord, we pray that the Spirit indeed speaks, not my words, but yours. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us insight and wisdom into what is being said here as we take part in this lesson. Lord, teach us and Lord, encourage us as you teach us because we would not be anything like who we are today without you in our lives. And we recognize that, we readily recognize that. And Lord, we pray that as we go forward, and Lord, we know that you are an eternal God and time is not a factor for you, Um, but we indeed trust in you that we have our eternity all wrapped up because of our belief in you and trusting in you. We thank you for that. We thank you that you indeed created us to have a relationship with us. 
and that alone is worthy of giving you all the praise. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14, and we're going to ask that you follow along in the your version. We are going to read from the New Living Translation. And, of course, this is going to be essentially another appearance, and this, the Scripture is going to say this as we read it. So let's go to John 21. Let's look at verses 1 through 14. And... It's also helpful to, as we look at this passage, to even look at the imagery that's being mentioned here about where they're located at, where they're at. They're in a place, a very pretty place, actually, um, just uh, off of the Sea of Galilee. So let's start reading at verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Verse 2, several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter... Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Verse 3, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Verse 4, at dawn Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for there were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were a 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Okay, that's verses 1 through 14 in John chapter 21. I want you to look at this and I want you to try to determine and see what the Lord says to you about how this passage relates to you. We're basically getting a dialogue of what happened when Jesus appeared to the disciples for the third time, which is John is readily mentioning to you. And this is part of the epilogue. Remember what I mentioned last week, for those of you who were with us, the epilogue. This is essentially um, the chapter that was written. He wrote, it's believed that he wrote this chapter and the first chapter in John chapter 1, after he had written all the other texts up through chapter 20. And so there are some things here that he's putting in for us to understand. And of course, the Spirit is giving him this information to share this. Because every scripture, every passage has meaning for every one of us. And this is no exception. 
I want you to imagine yourself. You know, my lovely bride and I, we, we, when we go on vacation, we usually find a body of water to camp out next to. We either go to, when we go to Hilton Head, uh, we go to a beach there, Caligny Beach, and we walk that beach. It's a very beautiful beach. And when we go to, down to Charlotte, too, there's also a nice little lake there um, that you can walk around next to. And it's a very serene thing to experience when you're, when you're camping out and spending time around a body of water. Well, here's the same thing here. This is where the, these disciples were at the Sea of Galilee. And they were there and they were, you know, commiserating with each other and talking to each other. And we have a description of who they are. Simon Peter, Thomas, well, we, we have a description of who five of them are. Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, well, that's, that's John and, and uh, James, and two other disciples. Now, I don't know why John doesn't list the names of the two other disciples. Um, it, it's interesting that when we, when we hang out with people, you know, a group of 12 is a lot of people, right? But there are going to be favorites that we hang out with even within a group of 12. There may be two or three people that we would usually pair up with or spend time with. doesn't mean that the other people aren't important, but it's just our personality sometimes where we usually wind up hanging, you know, wind up hanging around with other people like that. You know, and we have friends that in twos and, and threes that we hang around with and, and spend time with. And that's just how it is. That's human nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't know why John didn't mention the two others. It's not really important, I suppose, but uh, I think what it means is that he has a relationship or uh, something more meaningful with the others when he did mention. So I think that's the way I would take that. Okay. Um, and also, we want to rec- recognize here that this is the beginning of what we recognize as a commissioning. If you remember last reading that we had in John chapter 20, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on the disciples because they were going to be sent out to do what? Proclaim the gospel of truth to everyone else. But now that we had some business still to take care of here, and one of them, this is a setup, which we'll cover next week, but Peter is being commissioned. And Peter is going to be the one who needs encouragement. Peter, you have to understand, Peter right now is unsettled because of how he betrayed Jesus. And I'm sure it was difficult when you have a situation like that. Here's Jesus back again. He's returned again. And now, you know, does Peter really look Jesus in the eye? You know, this is human nature here. Is it hard for him to look Jesus in the eye because of what he did? Even though he flatly asserted he would not deny Jesus, he did it anyway. And Jesus told him he would. So we have to sort through that a little bit. And so this is the beginning of repairing the relationship. And I just want you to think on those terms because there have been times in our lives where we have had to repent and come back, maybe even eat humble pie, maybe even say, you know what, I'm really sorry for what I did. And yet Jesus forgives us completely. He forgives us completely. He doesn't hold any grudges. 
He doesn't reject us out of hand. If we are sincere, we're going to Him and asking Him for forgiveness of something, He will readily restore us. And that's what's going to happen with Peter as we go further on and go past verse 14, which we won't do this week, we'll do that next week. But there's some restlessness in Peter. Verse 3, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. You know, we're just going to go ahead and go do some fishing. We'll come too, they all said, because they're all hanging together. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Now, how frustrating would that be? You're out all night. The fish are supposed to be biting, apparently, at night. Nothing. Nothing happens. And you feel like you've wasted your time. I, I know that there are some people who fish recreationally and they enjoy fishing. But there will be times as they go out and they, they don't catch any fish. Well, it really isn't that big of a deal if you don't catch fish. But we have to understand fishing, fish is food. <laughs> For these guys, this is a way for them to eat. So to have not caught anything, that really does seem like a waste of time. But let's pick up the story here. And I'm sure that Peter was, was not very happy about it. Verse 4, At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. Now, dawn is still pretty dark. We don't have the benefit of the sun giving us any illumination. The sun is still below the horizon. It's still not really visible. And it was hard for them to see. Verse 5, he calls out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Verse 6, then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Now, this, of course, if you know that after sitting out all night and you're not catching anything, and now you just put the net on the other side of the boat, well, those are some really clever fish, aren't they? And they all, they all jump in the net and they're right there. Well, this is very similar to another miracle that Jesus performed earlier. You know where it is? Turn to Luke chapter 5. I want you to take a look at it with me. Luke chapter 5. And we have to understand that, oh, and by the way, just to make sure that I don't forget mentioning this, this is the only miracle that we know about that's written about in Scripture that Jesus performed after his resurrection. He performed a bunch of miracles before the resurrection, but this one... He performed afterward. I'm sorry, Luke chapter, I say Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. My lovely bride was looking at me and saying, say the passage, say the passage, say the passage, please. She said that very nicely with her eyes. Luke chapter 5, verse, <laughs> verses 1 to 11. Um, we'll start at verse 1. It's actually further on into the passage, but I did I made a notation of that, so we'll start there, just for context. Luke 5, verses 1 to 11, starting at verse 1. This is the Christian Standard Bible Version. Follow along in yours. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake, 
The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats which belonged to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long, here we go, and caught nothing. Here we go is not in the scripture, by the way. Uh, but if you say so, I will let down, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come help and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Okay. This was literally the first reaching out of the disciples for Jesus. And note that the cast of characters there were Peter, Simon Peter, James, and John, who are also in this passage in John chapter 21 for this second fish story that we have here. And what we want to see here, it's important for us to see that that this miracle took place when it did. Because a lot of people have misconceptions about Jesus when it comes to his life. They look at the miracles and they say, oh, that's all well and good. Well, that's before he went to the cross. But we need to see this other miracle for what reason? To know that we serve a living God who performed the miracle after death, after he rose from the dead, and just before he ascended to the Father. We need to see that he indeed was still capable of performing miracles. It's a reassurance for us when we recognize where this miracle comes from. I want to go to a passage here before we continue further. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians 5. Let's read verse 16. And... This is relevant for us because this is written by Paul. From now on then, because he writes to the Gentiles, he writes to everyone, but he's especially writing to Gentiles as well too. From now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Why? Because he is not of the world. He is our heavenly he is the Son of God. We have knowledge of Him because of what He's done. And we have the complete story because of what He did when He went to the cross for us and then rose from the dead. So no, we don't know Jesus from a worldly perspective. We know Him from a godly perspective because He is the Son of God. 
He's the one that we look to. He's the one when we pray, we say in Jesus' name because we have the pathway to the Father because of what? The reconciliation that he has done for us on the cross. And if we were to continue reading in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5, what does it say? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. Because we have the new covenant. We have the new uh, way of doing things because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. We understand that because of the fact that we see him in action now after he went to the cross. We see him in action having communication with the disciples. We see him here inactive, actively seeking them out, inviting them to eat with him. And he indeed was the one that showed himself to them. And we recognize too, when we look at this miracle about the fish, I want you to see something else. When Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 5, what did he say? He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to be fishers of men. But let's recognize something. On both instances, when it comes to the fish, they were out there all night fishing. Nothing happened. Do we get discouraged when we don't see results? When we're out there doing our fishing? Do we get discouraged? We can. I'm going to challenge you. Don't. Just keep doing it. Because at the end of the day, who brings people to Jesus Christ? Do we bring people to Jesus Christ or does God bring people to Jesus Christ? He makes us fishers of men. He wants us to be fishers of men, but he provides the increase. And the story of how he had all these fish show up when he said to cast the nets out. We've been fishing all night. Nothing's happened. Lord, we've been looking and trying to reach people in the neighborhood for a long time, for decades in some instances. And nothing has happened. And yet, when we start praying and we start seeking the Lord and asking the Lord to bring people into our church with a heart for God, what do you know that God doesn't answer that prayer? And he does answer that prayer. He shows us people coming in looking for more from the Lord. And sometimes it comes right down to us praying I want to say this carefully because sometimes my words don't come out right the first time. I hate that. It's because my brain is moving a million miles an hour. For those of you who have mild ADHD, that's what people deal with, okay? So that's what you understand. Um, but God answers our prayers. If we pray specifically for an increase, he's going to provide it. Not in our timing, but he will do it. He will do it. Because if you're praying for that, you're not praying for selfish reasons. You're praying because you want to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And that's right in line with God's will. You're not doing it for numbers sake. You're not doing it because you can pad your church roster with people. We don't do it for that reason. If we're doing it for that reason, we need to stop doing it for that reason. That's not the reason to do it. We do it because we have a heart for God ourselves, 
We're praying for people to come in who have a heart for God. And we're also praying because we also want to make sure that when we have people come into our church, we want to be able to disciple them properly. So we disciple them. We iron sharpens iron, like I said before. That's what we're praying for. But God provides the increase. The fish stories are telling us this. We can strive to do all kinds of stuff. And we won't catch any fish. But Jesus, if he's in it, he'll abundantly show us what he can do. Abundantly. Let's go back to our passage. And that's why we need to understand that a resurrected Jesus is so important in our ministry. We serve a living God who is actively working to bring people into a fellowship, any kind of fellowship with the Lord. Verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 7, John 21, verse 7. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work and jumped into the water and headed for shore. So when we saw this miracle take place here, the disciple Jesus loved, John will never write his own name. (laughs) He will write of himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's the Lord, John said. Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on his tunic and stripped and jumped into the water. That seems to be a habit of Peter. Remember, Peter recognized right away who Jesus was. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus commended him for saying that because he recognized that it was revealed to him through the Spirit that that's exactly who Jesus was. And Peter has a heart for God. Peter was scuffling but immediately knew who, when Jesus was there, he jumped in the water and went for him. Now, I want you to understand something. There are times when we need to jump in the water and go right after Jesus. Get out of where we are and move towards him. And, of course, they were in the safety of a boat, and it's assumed that they could swim to a degree. I'm not a big swimmer. But I know that if I, if it was, came right down to it, if I, I was in a desperate situation, I'd be ready to go out and see Jesus too. And sometimes we have to have that attitude that we need to go beyond sometimes where we are and what we're doing. Sometimes we need to, you know, we have a source that's right there in front of us. It's the Word of God, the Bibles that we are all looking at. The Bibles are all reading. And sometimes we're called to do what? Pick up the Bible and open it because something's going on. Something's bothering you. Something difficult's taking place in your life. And you need to run to Jesus, even if it's running into the other room and grabbing your Bible. Lately I've had a habit. Ah, it's New Year's Eve. Lately I've had a habit of sometimes I just don't sleep certain times of the night doesn't mean that I'm not getting my rest. I guess I get it some kind of way. But I found myself picking up my iPad next to my my desk, next to my bed, excuse me, on the desk, and just opening up Scripture, 
And I'll start reading the Scripture for the day. And it's very relaxing. It's very relaxing. I can't stress enough, when you when you have a desire to pick up the Word and you're looking at it and you're reading and studying it, it's very satisfying to hear how God is speaking to you as you read. And it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. You know, I'm in 2 Kings too, and and, and 2 Kings is not exactly... Um, um, always a great read because you know you've got kings that are doing good and kings that are doing evil but at least I was reading about Hezekiah today who was a good king and it's important to see what God does and how God answers prayer you learn lessons from what you read Hezekiah was supposed to die he prayed went up on the wall and prayed and wept bitterly, Lord, I'm not finished. I want to do more for you. I want to go out and preach your word. I want to teach your word. J. Vernon McGee said the exact same thing in his commentary about this passage. Same type of situation. He had cancer too. I want to live. I just want to, Lord, if you will spare me, I will continue to go out and preach your word and just keep talking about you. And God answered the prayer in both instances. Gave Hezekiah 15 more years. That's pretty good. 15 more years. But God has to speak to us individually, doesn't He? He has to touch each one of us individually as to what compels us to do what we do in serving Him. He challenges us. And reading that word is just reinforcement for us. Let's go back to the passage. Verse 8. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Now, who did that? Jesus did that. Remember, the fish were still out there. The fish that they caught were still out there. He already had fish up there. Now, we don't need to speculate on anything. Jesus had that ready for them. Jesus was inviting them to come and sit with him and have breakfast. Now, we don't have breakfast here, but guess what we're doing? We're sitting before the Lord Maybe we have a donut. Maybe we don't. Somebody's got McDonald's over there, I think. But that's breakfast. But we're sitting to do what? Hear the Lord speak to us. Hear what He has to say. He wants us to have a conversation with Him. He wants us to fellowship with Him. He wants us to spend time with Him. To sit down and have breakfast means you have to commit to some time to do that. You've got to make the time to do it. You have to decide this is the most important thing for me to do at any given moment of the day. And sitting with him at breakfast time, what a great idea. Les Felder comes on at 7 a.m. on buzzer every day. 7 a.m. Well, most people have breakfast at 7 a.m. You can sit and watch Les Feldick 
and hear him talk about things and go back and forth and but you're spending time what in God's word you're spending time with the Lord you're taking the time he wants you to take this time that's why we emphasize the bible reading if you're on a one-year plan, two-year plan, it doesn't matter to me. If you can do the Bible in a year, congratulations. That's great. But you're spending time with the Lord. Verse 10. So Simon, pardon me, verse 10. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. Can you imagine the smell? Breakfast is cooking. Fish is out. Charcoal fire. Come on now. Most of us like to cook with charcoal for what reason? There's a certain taste that you look forward to when you eat that food. That's pretty good stuff. And getting this, the sights and sounds in your head is also helpful too because what an inviting thing that Jesus invites us to breakfast. He's got food ready for us. Now what's the food that he has waiting for us? It's the Word of God. That's the food. I am the bread of life. Verse 11. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, why would the number 153 even come up? Because you have to understand something. If the net was only able to accommodate half of that number of fish... 75 or so, but yet 153 were caught and the net did not tear. What God is showing us here through this illustration is how he blesses in abundance. Abundance. We don't serve a God that is a penny pincher. We serve a God who abundantly blesses all of us and we recognize it as an abundant blessing. We don't come away from one of God's blessings and say, eh, no biggie. Because that's not how we're being blessed. We recognize a blessing as being magnificent, spectacular, amazing, incredible. Only God can do what He does and shows us. That's how He blesses us. So that there's no mistake about it. So we won't think that there was anything that we did to make this happen. We caught zero fish. But God provides the enormous, bountiful blessing showing the 153 fish here and the net hadn't torn. Remember in the previous illustration in Luke chapter 5, the nets were beginning to tear and the boats were so overloaded, the boats were going to sink. Well, that was Jesus' introduction to the disciples to get them to do what? Forget everything else they were doing and follow Him. Everything else they were doing was not important anymore compared to following this man who just abundantly put two boatfuls of fish when they hadn't caught anything the entire night. He made a grand entrance to bring those disciples on board. And of course, Peter, 
James and John remember that previous instance, and now they see this. Jesus has a purpose for us. He wants us to know, He calls us to be witnesses for Him and to be available for Him, and we take care of letting Him provide the increase. The increase in our lives, the increase for the body of Christ, He's the provider. He provides for all of us. Verse 12. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. Now look at this. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And we don't have to ask. We know who the Lord is. We know who Jesus is. We know what he has done for us. We know that he has a track record in our lives. We don't need to go back and figure out, was that the Lord that did that? No, we know exactly what the Lord has done for us. Don't need to ask. Now look at what it says in verse 13. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. Served them the bread. Doggone it. How many different lessons can we see in this passage here? He came not to be anything other than a servant for us. He came to go to the cross for us. That's a servant. He's showing us that we are to live as servants before him. He's showing us the example by he served them the bread and the fish. Again, we're seeing these lessons over and over again. He keeps teaching us and reinforcing this teaching over and over again. You can't miss this. He's serving. And then John points out this was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since we had been raised from the dead. The evening after the resurrection was the first time. Eight days later was the second time when Thomas was there. And Thomas had to go through his spiel. I'm not going to, you know, beforehand, I'm not going to believe that it's the Lord until I see the hands and the, the side. And yet he saw that. And said, my Lord, my God. Do you think he really had to ask if that was Jesus? Remember, he was there too in the boat and with the group. Third time he appeared. And there are other times he's going to appear. He is going to appear over and over again to those who are witnesses for 40 days. It's a long time. And there were many witnesses. We need to see, though, this particular invitation about coming and dining with Jesus. He tells us in Mark 16 15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but it's a good idea that you spend time in the Word before you go out. So it's a good idea for you to pray about when you're going out into the world. I mean, prayer, I'm not going to tell you how to pray. I don't want to do that necessarily, but I will tell you, prayer should be part of your morning routine. It should be. And for those of you who work third shift, when you wake up, prayer should be the part of your routine. It's not morning <laughs> sometimes, but you have to recognize that 
it's a good idea for you to be in prayer before you go out into the world and spend time in the Word because He's feeding us. He's teaching us. I hope you can see this in this passage. I hope you can see the lessons here. I hope you can see the sights, hear the sounds and the smells of what's even taking place here. Because that does matter. You can articulate, you know exactly what good barbecue smells like. You, these are little things that you can kind of glom onto here. Jesus is feeding us. He appears before us. He encourages us to be in His Word and spend time with Him so that He can feed us before we go out and preach the Gospel to others. Before we go out and speak the truth about Jesus Christ. The world needs to hear more truth the world doesn't need to hear clever people who think that they have information about how things are being done in the world today when it comes to church and stuff like that. We, we had enough of that foolishness. We need to hear the truth about Jesus Christ. And I'll just say it like this, and I'll close out. If you don't think it's important to do those things, then just get out of the way and let us do it then. For those who follow the Lord, we're committed to do it. We're going to keep talking about it. Let's pray. Lord, you are, you are worthy of our praise right now. I thank you for your inspiration. I thank you for the teaching that even comes from this passage. I thank you for how you are reaching out even to Peter, who is still yet to be restored in this situation. And Lord, we know that Peter is going to do wonderful and mighty things because Jesus affirmed him at the right time. And Lord, we thank you for affirming us in that manner too. We thank you for how you teach us and we thank you for your encouragement. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of the time of reflection. You're worthy of the time for meditation as to the goodness of your word and who you are. Bless us, Lord, as we go forward, that we recognize how you are actively pursuing us and actively wanting to teach us more and more. Lord, may we be receptive and ready to hear what you have to say. Bless us, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We appreciate you being here so much for this edition of Livestream Sunday School. For December 31st, 2023, for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, we appreciate you. God bless you and take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful, happy new year, and we'll see you next time.